We are in Yavamos Chafam and Aleph 28.2 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We are starting a new Mishnah. So we are beginning a new topic, still a Yavamos topic, but a new topic. The Mishnah has four different points in this Mishnah, and so we'll go through each of the four points, and then we will begin the Gemara. The Mishnah says, Klal Amr B'Yavama. There is a rule concerning a Yavama. We have the following rule. Uh, again, Yibam is the case, is the mitzvah of Yibam is when a husband passes away without any children. He, his wife uh, and the brother-in-law, meaning the husband who passed away, his brother, they have a mitzvah to do Yibam, to either get married or to do Chalitza, or to do Chalitza, which is a form of a divorce. And so this is the rule. This is a rule that we have discussed in the past. It was the first Mishnah, it was the very first Mishnah of the first chapter. If your sister-in-law, when your brother passes away, if that sister-in-law is related to you in some other way, on a biblical level, where it is a it is a severe punishment of kares. Uh, so for example, let's say your sister-in-law is also your daughter, as we've discussed in the past, because you're, uh, somebody's allowed to marry their niece, so let's say your brother married your daughter, his own niece, and then he passed away. So then we say there's a total exemption of Yibam Rechalitza because your sister-in-law is related to you uh, in through some other way, i.e. she's also your daughter, so then we say there's an exemption of Yibam and Chalitza. That is something that we are very much familiar with. That is statement number one of the Mishnah. Statement number two of the Mishnah is Eser Mitzvah, Eser Kedusha, Chalitza, Zvodom, Mishav, And this statement is going to take up most of, of the discussion in the Gemara. Uh, that an Isser Mitzvah and an Isser Kedusha doesn't really tell us what an Isser Mitzvah is and an Isser Kedusha is, but a prohibition of a mitzvah, which sounds contradictory, but it's a prohibition of a mitzvah, or the prohibition that reflects sanctity, which reflects Kedusha. The Mishnah is going to explain these terms in its last statement. But if you have a case of a Isser Mitzvah, a prohibition of a mitzvah, or a prohibition based on sanctity, so then the law is to do chalitza. You cannot do yibum. you cannot get married. The brother-in-law and the sister-in-law do not get married through yibum. They would have to do chalitza. And we'll see that the, the what exactly that case is uh, in the last lines of this Mishnah. Statement number three. Statement number three is, So this is a little complicated, but we're not going to be spending so much time on this. But Achosa Shehi Yevimta is essentially a case where there, excuse me, there are three brothers. Two of the brothers are married to two sisters. So two brothers are married to two sisters. Uh, Reuven and Shimon are married. Reuven is married to Rachel. Shimon is married to Leah. Rachel and Leah are sisters. And then there's Levi. So Reuven and Shimon, they both pass away without any children. And so now you have Rachel and Leah who are uh, sisters, and they uh, they now have this obligation to do Yibam Rechalitza with Levi. However, one of the sisters is also related to Levi. So you have to come up with a case where Levi is related to just one of the sisters. So let's say he's already related to, Le- to Leah through some other way. Uh, so then the halacha is, the law is, that even though in general we say that if two sisters, even if they're coming from two different husbands, they fall uh, to Levi, meaning their their husbands pass away, but now you have two sisters that have this obligation of Yibam Rechalitza. In general, we say do Chalitza, 
We would tell you to do chalitza because you cannot get married to one of the sisters because uh, the other sister has this zika, this idea that we've discussed uh, over the last couple of weeks. They already have this connection to Levi, so there's a prohibition to marry one of the two sisters if they are now in this situation where their husbands have passed away without any children. However, if one of the two sisters, let's say Leah, is already re- related to Levi through some other way, like, let's say it's Levi's uh, mother-in-law or whatever the case is, uh, so then you, he does have the option of doing Yibam with the other sister. It's like that sister Leah is totally out of the picture because there's no obligation to do anything with Leah. There's a total exemption there. And so therefore you're, you're, just, le- you're just left with Rachel. Rachel is the only one that we is in this picture of doing Yibam Rachelitza since she's the only one. So therefore we, could say, we say to Levi, you could do Yibam or Chalitza. Okay, that's, that's case number three of the Mishnah. And the Gemara is not going to spend a lot of time on that case. Number four, statement number four is not a new case, but it's an explanation of what is Isser Mitzvah and Isser Kedusha. In statement number two, we said that if it's Isser Mitzvah or Isser Kedusha, we tell you to do Chalitza and not to do Yibam. What is this case? Isser Mitzvah, Shniyos Midivrei Sofer. Isser Mitzvah, when we say that there's an Isser Mitzvah, it's referring to rabbinic... Uh, Prohibitions. We we discussed already in uh, in the first chapter in the first Mishnah the various cases where on a Torah level there's a prohibition to marry your relatives. So the rabbis on a, on a rabbinic level they said that it's not just doesn't just apply to those cases. They added other cases, and we'll get to the these other cases uh, later on. But they added other cases where there's also a prohibition. So with regards to those cases that they added, so we say that you can't do yibum. So let's say you're related to them not on a biblical level. You're not on a biblical level is there a prohibition, but on a rabbinic level, there's a prohibition. So we say because there's this prohibition, so therefore you cannot do even you can't get married, but you still have an obligation to do chalitza. It's not like there's a total exemption, uh, like we had in the cases where uh, it's a relative with a severe prohibition of karis. We said there's a total exemption. You don't have to do anything over here. You still have to do something. You have to do chalitza, but we, we would tell you not to do yibum because there's already, there is a rabbinic prohibition. You're related to your sister-in-law in some other way where there's a rabbinic prohibition. The second case, Isra Kedusha. What does it mean, Isra Kedusha, a prohibition based on sanctity? So that's as follows. We have the following cases where it's a biblical prohibition. This case is a biblical prohibition. However, it's not as severe as what we've seen in the first chapter. In the first chapter, in the first Mishnah, we've had cases where it's your immediate relative, your daughter, your sister-in-law is also your daughter, or your mother-in-law. We had all these different cases where uh, if you were to marry your daughter or your, your mother in law, so then it would be a severe prohibition. It would be a severe punishment of kares. However, the following cases, it's not even relatives, uh, but there's a prohibition to marry them. Uh, and it's a, it's a normal, it's a regular love. It's a regular negative commandment without such a severe punishment. What are these cases? A Kohen Gadol, the high priest, is not allowed to marry a widow. That's a rabbinic, that's, sorry, that's a biblical prohibition uh, with a regular punishment. It's not a severe punishment, but a Kohen Gadol, the high priest, is not allowed to marry a widow. Another, so let's say the Kohen Gadol's sister-in-law, she's automatically a widow, her husband passed away. So in that case where the Kohen Gadol's brother passes away, so then we would tell the Kohen Gadol to do chalitza. Another case is what if it's not a Kohen Gadol, it's just a regular Kohen. Every Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee or a chalutza. You're not allowed to marry a divorcee or a chalutza. Uh, 
Uh, so let's say you have a Kohen whose brother married a divorcee or a Chalutza. A Chalutza is a woman who went through Chalitza. Uh, so then there's also a biblical prohibition for the Kohen to marry a divorcee. So if your sister-in-law was a divorcee, was in a previous marriage where she got divorced, uh, so then you cannot do Yibam. It would be forbidden to do Yibam. In that case, we would tell you to do Chalitza. Uh, or if she already experienced Chalitza and then she married the Kohen's brother, that's also a prohibition. That is a rabbinic prohibition. It's not a biblical prohibition. Uh, but that in that case too, we would tell the Kohen to do Chalitza. So again, all these cases are where there's a prohibition to marry your sister-in-law besides for the fact that she's also your sister-in-law. Another case is Mamzeres, Unesina Yisrael, Ubas Yisrael, Lenosin Lamamzer. So now it's just for every Jew. Every Jew is not allowed to marry a Mamzer. Cannot marry a mamzer, which is the child of of a relationship of incest, where it's a with a very severe prohibition of kares. So a, every Israel, every Jew cannot marry a mamzer or to marry a nasan. Uh, who is a nasan? A nasan is a nasina. Uh, is these were people that uh, converted to Judaism during the times of Yeshua. And they deceived Yoshua into the conversion. They weren't sincere about it. They deceived they deceived Yoshua into the conversion. And so, as a result of that, they made a decree, whether it's on a biblical level or rabbinic level, uh, this is a matter of dispute, but they made that there's a prohibition to marry uh, these people. So again, so the, the Isser Mitzvah and the Isser Kedusha, which we're going to be spending a lot of time on, the Isser Mitzvah is a rabbinic prohibition. Your sister-in-law is prohibited to, to the brother-in-law on a rabbinic level. It's related to the brother-in-law on a rabbinic level, not on a biblical level. Or you have cases where the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, they're not, it's not a prohibition because of they're related, but it's because, let's say, the brother-in-law is a co- the high priest and the sister-in-law is a widow. The brother-in-law was a Kohen Gadol. Or if the brother-in-law is just a regular Kohen, so then it's prohibited for him to marry, to do Yibam with, uh, with a divorcee. So in all those cases, we'll say, do chalitza and don't do yibam. That is the end of the Mishnah. So let's see a little bit of the Gemara. It's an interesting uh, Gemara, which uh, leads to a broader discussion. But before we get to, to, to that, to a different part of the Gemara, there's a few few lines in the Gemara that we have to go through. Uh, the Mishnah says, we have the following rule. The rule that we had in the first Mishnah. What's it there to add? We had a rule that if your sister-in-law is also related to you, an immediate relative, let's say it's your daughter or your mother-in-law, whatever the case is, what is this coming to add? What is the word specifically of cloud? This is a rule. What is that coming to include? It's coming to tell us that there's also an exemption in a case of Tsaris Islandis, in a case where the brother passes away with two wives. One of them is, is somebody who cannot have children, and the other wife is the co-wife. So this is something that we discussed in the past, so we're going to go through this a little little faster. So, the Mishnah is coming to tell us it's a rule that even in that case, the co-wife is exempt from Yibam Rechalitza, like the opinion of Ravasi that we've had in the past. Igadamri, another version, is really to tell us the opposite, that this is not like Ravasi. There are those that say that, no, the whole point of this first line, we're discussing the first statement of the Mishnah, which says that if it's an Isser Erva, if there's a prohibition which is uh, based on a relative, 
and it's a severe prohibition, so then there's an exemption both for uh, the relative and for the co-wife in a situation where the brother was married to two wives, which is allowed. Uh, so then we say it's only in that case, but if it's any other case, for example, the case of Rav Asi where uh, he passes away with two wives, one of them cannot have children, but the other one is just a regular co-wife, so then Armish is telling us that in that case, really the co-wife would have an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza, and this is against the opinion of Ravasi. So again, this was the opinion of Ravasi, which we discussed in the past. What is the status of the co-wife of, uh, of a wife who cannot have children? Because there's only an obligation to do Yibam if you're able to have children. Uh, because one of the co-wives is not able to have children, does that automatically exempt the other co-wife? So again, that is a discussion that we've had in the past. The Gemara continues and now discusses statement number th- number three, really. It discusses statement number three. Uh, that is the case of where two sisters, Reuben and Shimon, are married to Rachel and Leah. Reuben and Shimon pass away. And then Rachel and Leah have this obligation of Yibam or with Levi. But we pointed out that if it's a case where one of the sisters is related to Levi in some other way, let's say it's Levi's mother-in-law, whatever the case is, so then uh, the other sister would have an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza. So the Gemara says, Achos Adaman, Ilei Medes or Mitzvah, Kevin the Medoray, so Rami Kamei, the Gemara just points out that the in, the, in this situation uh, where one of the sisters is related to Levi, right? Levi is the live brother. So one of the sisters, let's say Leah, is related to Levi. It has to be a case where Leah is related to Levi on a biblical level with a severe prohibition. It has to be on a biblical level because if it was on a rabbinic level, so then there would still be an obligation to do something on a biblical level. So it should really it shouldn't really impact things as much. It has to be that Leah is related to Levi on a biblical level. Um, and, and then in such a scenario where Leah is related to Levi on a biblical level, so it's like Leah is totally out of the picture, even on a biblical level. And then Levi would have to do Yibam Rechalitza with Rachel, with Leah's uh, sister. Because if it were to be on a rabbinic level, so then Leah is still in the picture on a biblical level. But that's what they say about statement number three. Now the rest of the Gemara is going to focus on uh, the last two cases. The last two cases, which is statement number two and statement number four, of Isser Mitzvah of Isser Kedusha. The uh, case of Isser Mitzvah and the case of Isser Kedusha, we say, do Chalitza. So the Gemara asks as follows, Isser Mitzvah. Isser Mitzvah, again, was the case where it's a rabbinic prohibition the rabbis added on and said that even though these are, pe- these are people that are not considered relatives on a biblical level, we're viewing them as relatives on a rabbinic level and there's a prohibition to marry these people and to do even with these people if there's a certain relationship on a rabbinic level. So the Gemara asks, my is mitzvah. Why is it referred to as Isr Mitzvah? The prohibition of a mitzvah. Abaye says, because it calls it mitzvah because when it comes to a rabbinic decree, there's a mitzvah to listen to the rabbis. We find that there's a mitzvah. He uses the language of mitzvah because there's a mitzvah to listen to the rabbis when they make such a decree. That is, uh, that is what Abaye says. So just to add to this a little bit, what exactly is the source for this idea that you have to listen to the rabbis when the rabbis make a decree from the Sanhedrin? I'm not talking about today, but let's say from the Sanhedrin uh, and perhaps even today. What is the source that you have to listen to the rabbis when they when they create a law? Why why should I why should we listen to the rabbis? The Torah I understand it was given by God, but why should we listen to the rabbis? So there are, are at least two different perspectives on this. 
One idea comes from, from the Rambam, Maimonides. He says that it's an explicit verse in the Torah. The Torah says, Lutasur, that you're not allowed to deviate from what the rabbis tell you. You have to listen to the rabbis. You have to listen to the rabbis. Some of the earlier commentators, the Ramban, they, they ask on this opinion of the Rambam, that means every rabbinic decree is really a biblical violation. It comes out to be it's a biblical violation. You're not following the Torah when you don't listen to the rabbis because it says in the Torah you have to listen to the rabbis. And so that is a strong question of the Rambam and we don't have time. There are answers to this question. We don't have time to deal with it right now. A second perspective is that it's not an explicit verse in the Torah, but it's something which we refer to as Ratzon Hashem. It's the will of God. It's something which is so obvious. If, if it says in the Torah that the rabbis are allowed to create laws, so then obviously it's the will of God that people follow these laws. They're not making the laws for nobody. Uh, so the Torah says that they have to make these laws, so then it's obvious, it's, it's the will of Hashem to, for people to follow these laws. And so this is what it, why the, the uh, mission uses the language of Isser Mitzvah. There's a mitzvah to listen to the rabbis, which is a very important point. So the Gemara now asks on Isser Kedusha. The second case was Isser Kedusha. These were the various cases of the Kohen Gadol and his sister-in-law being uh, a widow or a regular Kohen with a divorcee. So the Gemara asks again, Why is it referred to as the prohibition based on sanctity? So the answer, When it comes within, in the Torah, when it discusses these various prohibitions of the Kohanim, it uses the language that the Kohanim have to be sanctified. They're not, they're not have to be sanctified on a higher level of holiness, and so therefore they have different laws which apply to them. So these are laws based on sanctity, the higher sanctity of the Kohen. The Gemara now says, Tanya was taught in a brisa, brisa is from the times of the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda Machlef, Eser Mitzvah, Amana L'Kohen Gadol, Grusha V'Chalutza L'Kohen Hedjah. Rabbi Yehuda switches it. When it says Eser Mitzvah, the Mitzvah is referring to the cases of the Kohen Gadol. V'amai Karile Eser Mitzvah, D'Chalif Eilah Mitzvah. Why is it called a Mitzvah? Based on the verse that it says, Eilah HaMitzvah. The verse says, um, at the end of Vayikra, at the end of the entire book of Vayikra, Ela Mitzvos, and it's going back on the entire book, including the mitzvos of the Kohen. The Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest is not allowed to marry a widow, and the Torah refers to it as the mitzvos. And we say, is there mitzvah? It's not talking about, uh, this is flipping it, it's not referring to the rabbinic prohibitions, it's referring to the, co- the cases of the Kohen. It's a mitzvah, because that's how the Torah refers to these various Prohibitions. Isser Kedusha, when, when the Mishnah says Isser Kedusha, it's flipped now. Isser Kedusha is referring to the rabbinic prohibitions. Shneos Midivri Sofrim. These are the rabbinic prohibitions of, of articles. Of, um, these are the, sorry, these are the rabbinic prohibition, prohibitions of, uh, of relatives that are allowed on a biblical level but not allowed on a rabbinic level. So the Gemara explains, Bamai Karila Isser Kedusha. So why is the rabbinic prohibitions referred to as sanctity? So, also an important point, Amr Abayi says, Anybody who fulfills the words of the rabbis, they're called Kadosh. They're referred to as, as holy. Amr Le Rava. So, Rava says to Abayi, He says, I understand. And if you don't fulfill the words of the rabbis, okay, so you're no longer viewed as holy, but you're not referred to as a Russia, you're not somebody who's evil. Why are you saying that somebody who fulfills the words of the, of the rabbis is referred to as holy? Implication being that if they don't follow it, they're just not holy. No, they're doing something wrong. It's not just that they're not holy, they're actually doing something wrong. So rather, he explains, The reason why it's called Kedusha is sanctity, because sanctity means 
to refrain from that which is permissible. What the rabbis do is they say, the Torah says it's permissible, but the rabbis come and they add and they say, the reason why they instituted various laws is to tell us that even though on a Torah level this is per, it's permissible, but sometimes you have to sanctify yourself by refraining from that which is permissible, by adding on to the Torah and to say that I'm going to create fences for myself and say that I'm going to refrain from certain things even if they are permissible by the Torah law. And that's why the rabbinic prohibitions are called Isser Kedusha according to this version. So again, we had two different versions, whether the rabbinic prohibitions are called Kedusha, sanctity, or they're referred to as Mitzvah. And the Gemara explained why it would be referred to as Mitzvah and why it would be referred to as Kedusha. Okay, we will continue with the Gemara in the next recording.